Hello, everybody. Before we continue with our ongoing conversation, I thought I would follow up our talk about deconstruction with a few more thoughts on reconstruction. Um, I'm a I'm a word person, and I'm also incredibly visual. So I tend to feel things, and then I have word pictures that pop into my head, and I like to articulate, I process things uh, through analogies and metaphors and and that type of thing. So when I hear when I hear concepts like deconstruction and reconstruction, I obviously think as most of us do, the word construct and structure and um, you know kind of the, the idea of dismantling something and then reassembling. Um, the same thing, right? So it could be dismantling something that we've made or that we've inherited and, you know, reassembling with, with new or, or different specifications. And so in my head pops a picture of, of a large Lego tower. <laughs> some of them are very simple. Some are more complex, right? But, and I can see one, one child is with their big Lego tower and painstakingly removing each brick one by one and placing it somewhere new, right? Assembling, um, a new form, a new function, always kind of reassessing the whole time, this form and this design um, as, as they go. And that's kind of how my process has been, kind of a, a step-by-step, um, you know, one brick at a time uh, kind of a way. Then there are others of us who are more the wrecking ball, right? It's like, you know what? <laughs> this this Lego tower is just not working. So you just take it and you just crap, smash the whole thing down, right? And, and the worst is, is the trauma of somebody else coming along. You know, we've all had that as a kid. Somebody else comes and smashes our, our, our tower. And that has the added uh, issue of now it's completely out of, of our control. And that's a, that's a whole nother set of issues. And I, I, think, I think it's important to know under what conditions that we are re- deconstructing and reconstructing. We, we have to know um, it's not the same for everybody and there are a lot, there are a lot of variables, right? And, and the big questions I think that come up um, are around this idea of ownership. Do we feel a sense of ownership? Do, do, we, do we feel supported? Do we, do we feel like we can trust ourselves or that other people's trust other people's? Other people um, trust us right? To think for ourselves and to determine uh, what makes sense. Or do we feel more dependent on, on someone else's interpretation in order to let us know, you know, how life and humanity uh, work, right? I know a lot of people who they'd rather go read a book by someone who is, has the credibility of, of, of expert, has that name uh, or that title or that degree or, or whatever that is. And, and so there's a sense of, are we owning this? Are we trusting ourselves to think? Are we kind of acquiescing and abdicating that responsibility to other people who we think are more able to build a construction, right? I don't think any kids ever said, Oh, will you please build me a Lego tower right No, It's like, give me those Legos. Um, that that's just how we are designed and no one is saying oh that's a well that's not true I was gonna say no one is saying that's not the right um, way to construct a Lego tower there probably were a lot of people who did and that's part of the issue right so there's all of the variables that go into it so understanding you know what our unique variables are is going to be really important um, 
you know, the church that I attended in my 20s, it, it was a rather large church and it attracted, um, for that reason, a lot of different people from various backgrounds. Um, there were some people who'd been, you know, studying things, studying the Bible, uh, unpacking Christianity, all of that um, for, for their whole lives. Some were scholars, some were, um, you know, uh, just what we would call baby Christians, people who, or, or people who'd been Christians, but just kind of went through the motions. There were a lot of people, a lot of backgrounds, a lot of sensibilities, a lot of needs, different capacities, all of that. So when the teachers would teach up front, um, one thing that I valued in the environment, and it wasn't because it was this church, it was just happened to be the teachers, I think, that, that taught at that time. I've been to other other large churches since then, um, and, and I've heard, you know, a lot of smart people who still are teaching, you must believe this type of a thing. But the teachers that I learned under during that season of my life, which was a, a pretty formative season um, in my faith journey, they would say things like, you know, a lot of, um, you know, great scholars over the years have wrestled with this topic or this theme or this passage. And here's some things that they've said. And then they would follow that up with how they have wrestled with that passage or that theme. Um, and they would kind of talk about how they've come to understand it. But then they would pass the baton to those of us who were listening and they would say, you know, now it's your turn to go. And with all of this, we were equipping you. It wasn't a, this is what to think. It was, here's some resources. Here's some ways that we can help equip you to think for yourself. And, and, and I look back and I don't know that I, I didn't realize that that was a unique, <laughs> I've heard a lot of people tell a lot of stories since then. And I don't know that everybody even got that from that environment. But for me, um, I don't know that I appreciated it as much as I should have at the time. Um, I shouldn't say should have. I didn't appreciate it as much as I do now back then. Um, I didn't know what to compare it with, quite frankly. And I don't know that I would have stayed in a church setting if I didn't have that environment. That would have made a big a big difference for me. Um, I, I come from a, a home background where um, it was a lot of just do what you're told and and a lot of things that didn't make sense and didn't kind of uh, work out in life and so it wasn't equipping me and so for me I would not have just gone into a place and had somebody tell me what to think <laughs> I would have yeah I'd have packed up and 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 gone and said okay um, this isn't gonna work and so I had that experience of feeling like I was respected and I was trusted and I I, you know, whether I was reading a, a textbook or um, what should have been a textbook, I think Dallas Willard had written a book that I read, oh, golly, so many years ago, and uh, it was thick and dense, and, um, you know, whether I was, or if I was reading Henry Nowen, who's not quite so um, thick and, uh, and, and, and heady, you know, but whether I'm reading that or if I'm doing a study on Romans with some people or by myself, it was not oh i'm i'm these are the experts and so what they're saying is what i'm supposed to believe it was kind of bringing friends in close and saying huh and 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 expecting that they with their books or their whatever would be treating me the same way as those uh pastor teachers did and the church that i attended where it's here's some here's some thoughts here's some ways that uh we can you know expand what you might have had resource to um, 
you know, before now. So here's some new ways or some new ideas or some new history or some, some resources that I wouldn't have had. So they, I just took all these people as kind of up close friends and, uh, and that's how I would read and that's how I would study. It was, but it was me, it was me owning, owning that. So, um, I didn't see an author's thoughts as a way to add to my knowledge. Uh, I, I brought them close and, and, and we would have a conversation. I let them question, um, question me and my thoughts and, and, and offer me their resources and their experiences. And, and I respected their wrestling to find the understanding that they were communicating. Um, and, and then I would, I would mull and muse and ponder and allow my understanding to be poked and prodded and stretched and tried out and tested and internalized. You know, I have a hard time uh, quoting the scholars and the authors and the speakers and all who have influenced my thinking because uh, to me, they just became like friends and acquaintances along the way, like the friends and acquaintances I've had in the physically walking with me and, and, and chatting with me. Um, you know, these were just people that, uh, that helped change how I, how I thought who added their, their own experiences and resources to me. Um, yeah. And so that's just how my, my, my experience was. And I think to the degree that we trust ourselves to think and interpret and make sense of things, I think this will be, uh, the degree to which reconstruction will feel exciting and, and fun and freeing and worthwhile, right? Can, can we be trusted? That's, that's a big question, right? I look in the Bible, I, I just can't help but, but think that Jesus thought we could be trusted. He seemed to think so. Most people, from what I, you know, what I gather when I, when I read the stories about Jesus approaching people, chatting with people, having conversations, most people left a bit more confused than they left feeling certain like they had all the right answers, <laughs> right? And to me, living out the gospel is, is really about allowing questions to, to stretch how we view things. Not, not about laying out a five-step formula followed up with a test for accurate comprehension and then quizzing other people to see if they understand it just right. It, it doesn't make sense to me. Um, and that's where my deconstruction and, and reconstruction lands. I, I tend to take, you know, one brick at a time and I, I boil it down. What is the essence of this brick? What is the essence? What is it saying about life and about humanity? And then I apply it to how I approach life and the way I understand the Bible and God and, and Jesus. And I think it's all relational. And I think Jesus kind of resets that central importance of humanity that, that it's about accepting that we're unconditionally accepted. Um, and, and that's what my process has led me to. That's my vehicle. That's not to say that that needs to be everybody else's. That's not to say that that's the one way to see the world. I, I don't think that's true. I think I'm drawn to certain things, just like everybody is drawn to certain things. So, so we all need to figure out what is it specifically that, that stirs up in us? What are, we, what are we drawn to? What makes sense? What, what do we want to boil down and, and apply in, in daily, our daily uh, spaces and, and living? Right. I, I think it's, you know, these things that we are stirred up about, we find that that brick or whatever it is that we're deconstructing and looking to find a way to reconstruct it. It's what informs our questions. And then also questions are information. Right? For me it's what says that everything is permissible. 
but then also leads me to question, okay, then what's beneficial? Um, there's, there's just a lot, there's a new awareness. There's, um, you know, do I, is, do I find this only beneficial because it means I won't let someone down because I'm afraid they won't accept me, <laughs> right? And that brings me right back to my string of questions again. Having a structure doesn't mean that, that we're going to have all the answers. It's not going to mean that we're perfect or that we have things figured out. The process is, it's more like tearing down a building that's been built over a rainforest and letting the rainforest take root again. Or maybe it's a, a, a different kind of forest. Whatever it is, it's, it's allowing what was designed to grow there to grow the way it was designed. Now, that doesn't mean that we won't have, you know, if we're growing tomatoes, sometimes we've got a little, you know, stake that comes up so the tomato can, can grow around it. It doesn't mean that we're not involved at all. But, but we're not the ones who plant all the seeds and we're not the ones who feed and water the vegetation. You know, at best, it really is asking how we can cooperate with what's happening. And, and, and that allows us to enjoy the, 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 the complex simplicity of it and the, the orderly chaos and the, the, the dangerous growth of it all. Reconstruction doesn't mean that we're going to rebuild a different building. And, and be, depending on how much kind of trauma went into that first wave of deconstruction, right? It can seem daunting and overwhelming and, and maybe even impossible because we think we're supposed to make something look and feel the way what we experienced before look and felt. Only we don't want it to look and feel like that because we there's just, ugh, right? There's ugh attached to it, right? But, but keep this in mind. Keep this in mind. We are all already functioning in the world. We can relax a little bit. We are functioning. We are driving cars around. We are engaging in the world on some level and some capacity. And, and reconstruction, which includes the ongoing process of deconstruction, right? It's a great big tower. We're not going to build the whole thing up and boom, it's all done. It, it's, a, it's a one brick at a time kind of a thing. And sometimes we build some bricks up like, ooh, I got to go back and replace that one down there. And, and I can do that sometimes without replacing all the ones on top of it. Sometimes I can't, right? So we're going to have kind of an ongoing deconstruction, but really it's, it's really a process of going about engaging as we already are more intentionally. So it's saying, okay, what doesn't work? As I engage in the world, what doesn't work? And what kind of guidelines, what kind of, what kind of questions can I ask that guide me? What kind of, um, you know, structure, what kind of definition can I, can I give around this? And, and that's what I would suggest as you are thinking about, I don't know, reconstruction seems like boil down. What is the most basic understanding that you have around life and around humanity? And, and like formulate something around that. What, what is it that you think drives what you do or why you do it? You know, if, if you, I'm a Christian, I real, I, I look at Jesus, I look at, at the life that he gave us and I think, wow, there's a lot there. And, and I think that's a pretty good place to start building some understanding around. And, and I've boiled things down. And that, that's, that's how my, you know, uh, has informed my questions. And then I question the information in that. Like, okay, well, if, if that happened, if that's true, if that's what was said, if that's the, 
it's just what do we build our questions around and so and, and then fitting them into life okay if whatever wherever you get some guiding purpose or or information or um or question whatever you've boiled down apply that ask if this is really true and if you were truly to believe it right one of the first things for me was um, there's a verse that says there is now no condemnation I mean that I've spent years I'm still spending years asking myself if that's true if I really believe that's true and in this situation Am I, am I a lot, am I embracing that? Am I really living as if that were true? That's, that's how deconstruction and reconstruction works, right? We test it out. You know, maybe that Lego piece, maybe it belongs somewhere else. Maybe it belongs in the trash bin. Maybe that one little idea you had there's like, Ooh, yeah, that doesn't fit. It doesn't fit. Maybe it sounds like a nice thing, right? Someone asked me the other day, so do you believe in the motto, follow your heart, your heart? And I wrestled like, yeah, it's not exact. I wouldn't, I wouldn't use it as a motto, right? Um, it seems like the same color scheme as my Lego tower. And then they said, well, what about then? Then it's just follow your head. No, not so. Sometimes it's building blocks together, a piece of of bricks, right? But it is about questioning how would I say that? What do I think? Because I wouldn't, I wouldn't say follow my heart. Now, what I say, don't don't not follow your gut, right? You go down a, a dark alley and some, some, some person's, you know, you hear footsteps behind you and your gut is saying, get out of here fast. Then, then by all means, get out of there fast, right? Someone's trying to get a little too close and comfortable with you and you're feeling like a little bit of edge to it. Follow your gut. <laughs> but does that mean follow your heart? No, I wouldn't say it quite like that. I would re-articulate it to say something more, um, aligned with what I do believe. And that helps take shape. It gives me some definition and some shape around it. And I think these are the ways that we're reconstructing, right? Um, find that that single notion, right? So, so for me, I, I engage the world around um, this notion that we are all unconditionally accepted and, and we're designed to function best in, in relationship with ourselves and others and w- with that which binds and fuels us when we fully embrace and accept that we are accepted. And this single notion drives everything for me. It doesn't make me perfect. I still get stuck in ditches. I, I still crash and burn. I still, I still get lost, right? But in all of it, I ask myself questions. Am I okay? Am I still valuable? Is what I'm choosing to do or how I'm choosing to respond expressing the value I say I believe is inherent in myself and and in other people and how I respond to these questions may not be the same from from one day to the next but but even that leads me back into the questions so so ask yourself what questions are you asking yourself you know we don't need to have all the answers we don't need to have the most right definitions now we do tend to feel less anxious when we have some definition, some shape around time and space and meaning and purpose, to have some means of, of comparison and evaluation. Um, I like to go 
when I'm at the airport, I like it when it keeps telling me every few steps that I'm, yes, you're on the way to baggage claim. Now, I don't have any bags to claim, but that, that one sign means I'm on my way to the door, the direction, I'm going in the right, I don't need to go to baggage claim. No, I pack, I take it all on the plane with me. <laughs> I'm not risking not having underwear where I'm going. But that sign tells me I'm going in the right direction. It's not the right question, where is baggage claim? I don't really care where baggage claim is, but I know baggage claim is next to the exit doors out. And I like to be told over and over again, I'm on the right path, I'm going in the right direction. So I might look up and say, where's that sign? Am I going in the right direction? I'm asking myself questions along the way. So what questions are you asking yourself? Right? We, we'd like to feel that we're going, we like confidence that we're going in the right direction, right? Um, and as we talked about in previous episodes, we like to, to be in that space of, of equilibrium, right? Where we feel stable and we're, we're able to take healthy risks from that place of stability. You know, reconstruction is not about certainty. It really is about stability, having that steady space, having questions that guide more than answers that dictate, so ask yourself, what, what questions are you asking yourself that open you up to becoming more aware, to being more intentional around living? That's what reconstruction is. So tomorrow, the next installation of our current conversation on vulnerability and allowing appropriate space and relationships is going to drop in your podcast envelope there. So stay tuned for that. And until then, have a good one.